And we're officially live. Welcome back to another episode on the Coffee with Craner show. Thanks everyone for tuning in today and watching this special episode with Shane Kennedy. He graduated from St. Francis Xavier University, completing a Bachelor of Business Administration, specializing in management. He's the former Vice President of Southwestern Ontario at TD Canada Trust, has 23 years of experience in the financial services industry, proud father of two great girls, the founder of Scarecrow for Kids, and has recently moved back all the way to Nova Scotia, where he has joined the cooperators as a financial advisor. Shane, thanks for making the time and reconnecting with the folks down in Windsor-Essex. At Linden, it is absolutely uh, wonderful to be here. We're we're having a bit of a northeaster here in uh, in Nova Scotia, so I'm hoping it was always always warm and beautiful in Windsor. So I hope it's a little warmer there today, and uh, certainly miss all the people. So good, great to be here. Glad to have you back, Shane. And before we get started, we jump into the questions here and talking about um, your your previous role and your experience. I want to uh, take it to the side a bit and ask, what is your favorite coffee out in Nova Scotia? Well, you know what? There is uh, so many amazing coffee shops, uh, uh, as well as, as a few drinking establishments here on the East Coast. But if I was to pick one, uh, it, it would be a great little adventure. Take the, the, the ferry from Halifax to Dartmouth and stop at a really, really wonderful coffee shop called If Two by Sea. And uh, not only do they have great coffee, but they have the absolute uh, best pastries that you will get on the East Coast. So um, when you come visit, I will uh, I will take you over to uh, If Two by Sea. Well, it sounds delicious. And I, we're all eager to, to get out and especially travel in Canada and the, the great uh, country that we are lucky to be in. And uh, once the COVID pandemic's over, we'll definitely be uh, grabbing coffee. Um, but Shane, let's talk about your, your role in finance and, and banking 23 years. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And you're still in the financial industry. You've switched paths now to financial advisor role at the cooperators. Well, what really sparked your interest in banking and now finance? You know what, uh, it's a great question. And I, I tell people that I, um, was an accidental banker. I have always, uh, been a people person and, Growing up in a small village, I always, uh, you know, really valued relationships and getting to know people. But I, I actually fell in love with, um, you know, the the advice and the helping people business. And 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 really, when I think about financial services, that that really is the business that I uh, that I came from and that I transitioned to uh, with the cooperators. And you know, I it, it it's been a great journey. And I would say any of your any of your viewers uh, that have an opportunity to get into uh, financial services that teaches you how to run a business, it teaches you how to be a leader, it teaches you how to build business and and uh, and really uh, focus on, you know, the most important resource that we have, which is, uh, you know, our customers and our and our uh, our colleagues. So it was, uh, it's been a great run. Definitely. And I was uh, under your leadership a, a wee little bit ago in uh, 20, 2018. So I, I think it's it's great. What was your first role in, in banking? My first role in banking actually was, uh, I remember I came out of uh, university and uh, I was ready to be the CEO of, of anything. And, uh, you know, it was a bit humbling at the time um, when I uh, when I started off as a, a part-time teller. And there wasn't a lot of male tellers back in the day where uh, I was offered a 10-hour-a-week uh, uh, part-time role. And I said, I will take it. And uh, you know, from there, I uh, I worked hard, did some uh, did some studies to uh, to kind of round out some of the uh, the educational piece at the bank, and uh, 
and the and the rest is history. So uh, I could never, you know, I was they they never let me in the cash cage because I was terrible at balancing, and I always had difficulty opening the vault. But you know, besides that, uh, things have uh, have worked out uh, for the better. And you, and you mentioned wanting to be a CEO right when you graduated. What was what did you realize from that from that statement you just made? Did um, was it as easy as you expected to get to the role as VP? You know what? Uh, it you know when you in, in you know it doesn't you, you say twenty three years and, and you, you make me feel a little bit old because I, it feels like it was just yesterday, Lyndon. And and um, I would say you know starting off in my career, I was very focused on title. I was very focused on I want to make a lot of money quickly. And uh, not that you can't have those things, but you know the advice that I would give to others would be focus on skills, uh, building skills, focus on critical experiences, and um, and really be a sponge. And um, you know the latter, that being you know money and title will follow. Um, so you know it it really uh, it was it was definitely humbling, but uh, you know coming up the ranks uh, within the bank. I wouldn't wouldn't have done it any other way because you you really have the opportunity to walk the talk and talk the walk and um, and it was uh, it was a great uh, great great experience although I still can't balance cash or open open the vault so they don't give me the keys. Yes, and, and, and Shane, um, talking about your getting into that role, um, switching to my next question for you. I've, I've read your blog, The Friday Forward, and you talked about why you moved to Nova Scotia. But for those watching, why did you make that switch working on out in Bay Street, now living out on the East Coast? Yes, well, we're, we're originally from Nova Scotia. And, and when I think back, you know, I had to count it uh, on my fingers, but uh, we have actually moved uh, eight times over a 20-year span. And I would say, when I, you know, when I think about, you know, career and I think about life, it's very much about, for me anyways, it's about taking risks. And it's actually about setting goals. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of a really, really great quote. Being from the East Coast, it has to be about ships. But the quote um, speaks to risk, but it, it goes, um, a ship is safe in a harbor, but that's not what ships were built for. And again, it speaks to taking risks. And, and um, you know, this move back to the East Coast was certainly uh, a risk for us. But the, the catalyst was really around bringing balance. And I would say geographical balance because, you know, throughout my career, I've always worked hard to, to bring balance and to have balance. And, you know, they, we talk a lot about work-life balance, but this was about bringing geographical balance and, and that all of our family was on the East Coast. When you become a father, and I have two young girls, as you had mentioned, both under the age of five, this was about getting back, um, getting back to Nova Scotia, close to family and friends. And I would say, you know, for again, for any of your uh, your fellow colleagues or, or or students, if you have an opportunity to move, I would say absolutely do it. Uh, we have met the most amazing people. I would add you to that list. Uh, we've had the most wonderful experiences, and uh, we've learned and lived in in wonderful parts of this country. And the, the you know the mobility and the taking risk just helps you move outside your comfort zone. So if you know if you if you have the opportunity to to push yourself and move outside your comfort zone, uh, I I'm, I'm a big advocate for sign up and do it. And has it has it brought you more happiness being at home with with your family? You know what I would say. Uh, you know, early days in COVID, I was um, you know we had we had sold our home in 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 London, and I was uh, had no home. 
living in my in-laws basement uh the the pandemic hit i was looking after two toddlers under the age of four uh we were down to one vehicle and at the time i didn't have a job and i kind of sat back and i said oh my gosh there has to be more to life and it wasn't until i changed my thinking at linden and, and then i said you know what I don't want to waste this time. This is time I won't get back with family and friends. And, you know, I also took a step back to say, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I know you and I uh, chuckled at the start. You know, we're, we're all still trying to figure out, figure that out. And, and, and I would say, had the pandemic not happened, um, I would likely be back in a corporate role, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity and wonderful career. But I would just say, you know, the, the the path has certainly changed and it gave me an opportunity to kind of reflect on, you know, what I want to do for the next chapter. And um, so I'd say it has brought us tremendous happiness, you know, uh, put on top of that, we're with our family and friends and our little girls are uh, are spending, you know, quality time with both sets of grandparents. And uh, so we are uh, we are having a ball. Well, I'm glad, Shane. I'm glad you were able to, like you mentioned, have that time to reflect and think on on what are the what are the next steps. Where do you want your life to go um, in the future? So, I, I do want to bring it back and talk about uh, your role leading Southwestern Ontario. Um, how many branches are there in in Southwestern Ontario that you led? There was uh, 69 branches. We had. Uh... Uh, not quite 1,300 uh, hearts and minds, uh, much like yourself, and and the people were were incredible. Um, and uh, and then and then certainly Southwestern Ontario is a big home to Canada Trust. So you know, bolt on you know another 11 businesses. So all in all, there was uh, almost 4,000 uh, colleagues who uh, who worked and lived in uh, in Southwestern Ontario. So it was a uh, it was, um, you know, a great role and, and one that I felt really privileged to do. Definitely. And a huge team that you led. What would you say were some of your biggest discoveries from your time leading that that team of 1,300 um, people? Um, you know what? It, it, it's funny because before we landed in, in London, in southwestern Ontario in July of 2017, we had never been to London. We had never been to Windsor. I had never seen... Detroit from, you know, from, uh, from the beautiful, uh, land of Windsor and Brantford. These are all brand new communities. So I would say we, we learned really quickly, um, how beautiful and how many uh, wonderful experiences, uh, there were to have in Southwestern Ontario, how important the farming, um, community and industry is not only to Southwestern Ontario, but to the entire country. And, and I would say, you know, I remember all of those things, but the thing that I'll remember the most is the warmth of the people and the warmth of the community. And I would say, you know, uh, leading uh, Southwestern Ontario for TD really taught me and reinforced even more the importance of uh, standing tall in your community and, and, and being a leader. And I would say the other thing that I really um, tried to double down on was mentorship. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to, you know, I called it, you know, a 15 minute, it wasn't as fancy as coffee with Trainer, but, you know, I had virtual calls with our frontline team, uh, our advisors, and, and uh, from all areas of the bank where I would ask them, what advice do they have for me? And, and uh, how can we do better? How can we get better? So, you know, staying, um, staying close to your team, uh, as I mentioned, you know, uh, your, your, your team is everything. Well, Shane, I can definitely say from a, a CEA standpoint, working as a bank teller, you definitely built that culture. And I, I must say 
the amount of volunteer opportunities that were available to the staff in Southwestern Ontario was just incredible and it shined through. So um, definitely applauding you for, for your leadership there. Um, but let's, let's talk about now your role um, working at the cooperators. What are you most excited about? You know what? I am most excited about the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. So the uh, the uh, the cooperators has an agency franchise. So I, I you know, a bricks and mortar, much like a branch. And um, I will have the opportunity to be the owner and operator. So I'd say that's first and foremost. Uh, and I would I'd say actually not first and foremost. I'd probably put first and foremost the opportunity to help people with insurance advice and with wealth advice. Let's face it, both of those are complicated. And I would say my my goal is to take the complicated out of complicated when it comes to insurance advice and wealth advice. Uh, but it really is about helping people. I'd say the cooperators brand is not one that I was familiar with until I really started to look into, you know, what is this cooperators uh, gang all about? And they, they really are anchored in community. Uh, they're anchored in sustainability. How do we actually make this world and this planet a better place? And uh, and most importantly, they're really anchored in people. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's week two. Uh, they still have me going through all kinds of compliance courses, and I'm still on the leash. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be a great great uh, uh, opportunity and one that I'm really looking forward to. But that that idea of building something yourself with a team uh, is one that uh, that really excites me. And and if you when eventually you decide to retire and put your feet up, what would be something that um, you really want to leave a mark on when you, when you leave at the cooperators? What is one thing that you can think of, wow, that I really want to make a difference in that? You know what, I, I would say there's a couple pieces. Um, you know, I, diversity is really, really important to me. And, and that's, you know, when I think back to my time in Southwestern Ontario, and where we launched the first uh, uh, outside of Toronto uh, in southwestern Ontario, where we spent a lot of time working with new Canadians. I, I would say my my goal is to contribute and to make you know the province first, and then the country even stronger as we go into 2021, 22, 23. And and I'm a big believer that uh, immigration and and bringing you know diversity of thought and you know ethnicity and everything in between uh will help us get us there and so um you know that would probably be uh be it is, is how do we just make how do we make the place better than than when we showed up definitely and and since we're on this topic um you do a lot of work with immigration uh why 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 do you do why do you volunteer your time for that yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, selfishly, I do it because I can learn so much uh, from uh, from um, new Canadians, uh, both about, you know, their culture, but, you know, just how they think. And uh, so I'd say that's number one. I'd say number two is is really the opportunity to strengthen our economy. Um, you know, the, the you know, I don't have the I don't have the facts, you know, at my fingertips, but the fact of the matter is, is that new Canadians create jobs, they create prosperity, and uh, and especially for the East Coast, we need more folks to move here. Um, so you're welcome to move here anytime, Lyndon. I would love a smart brain like you uh, living in uh, in Halifax. But yeah, I think it, I think it's just really important. And I would just say, you know, it, it's important just to 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 give back. Uh, I've moved 
And I know what it's like to be in an area where you don't have friends and family. So, you know, can we create an environment? Can I create an environment where uh, folks that are new feel welcome and 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 more and warmth uh, when they're thousands of miles away from their family? And the food. Let's not forget the food. Yes. The food. It's all about the food. Yeah, you're, we're almost we're we want to try other things than, than the Canadian food and the poutine. We want to uh, diversify and try different things, right? Absolutely. Uh, but moving gears over to leadership, I want to talk about that. You have a lot of experience in leadership. Um, what is a leadership? What leadership skills do you really believe will help uh, a young leader achieve some type of position of influence? Yeah, and we've talked about a few already. Um, but I, if I was to kind of bucket it, um, you know, the one that jumps to mind right off, right off the get go is, is humility is to be humble. And, um, you know, my wife keeps me humble every day when I kind of, you know, have a little too much swagger. She kind of, you know, she, she helps make me humble, but humility is, is really, really important. And, and I, you know, we talked about it, um, always look, to see how you can make the place better than when you showed up. And, and you, you know, what you're doing with Coffee with Craner is, is a testament to that. I, I would say, you know, we talked about building skills and critical experiences uh, is, is really, really important. And I would say, you know, the other thing is, is community leadership. So not only is it important to give back, but, you know, being involved in your community is actually a great way to help build a business as well. And I, I don't, you know, and I, and, you know, a lot of people, think you know you know community is is you know giving back and that what it that's what it has to be but it certainly helps you develop relationships and it helps you build build uh, all kinds of uh, of connections uh, which is a win-win on both ends i'd say if i was to kind of wrap it in a bow i would say my golden three p's the first and foremost the first p is about people so put your focus on your colleagues or your employees if you're in a leadership role um, and your customers. That's number one. So by all, at, at, at all, anything you do, people should be number one. I would say number two is building partnerships. So how do you build partnerships in your community? How do you build partnerships in your organization? And then I would say three is be proactive. Don't wait for somebody to ask you to do something. Um, be proactive. If you're in a, an advisory role, pick up the phone and call customers. To see how you can make them money and save them money and save them time or protect them, uh, protect their their the people that they love and the assets uh, that they've worked hard for. I could go on forever. No, I, I will remember that the the three P's. I think that's that's really really powerful what you just said there, Shane. Um, moving on to what do you really wish somebody told you as you were really climbing through the ladder of leadership? Uh, I don't, you know, as I look back, I, I try not to have any regrets in life. I believe that everything happens good, bad, and ugly. Uh, you can learn from it. And especially your mistakes, you can learn from your mistakes. You try to minimize the big ones, but even the big ones you can learn from. But I would say if I was to think back, it would probably be around self-awareness. So being self-aware of your strengths and really leaning into those strengths but even more so being self-aware of where you have opportunities to do better and to grow. And there's a great, you know, it's, we all have unique personalities and there's all kinds of personalities tests, but 
One that I learned actually when I was in Southwestern Ontario is one called Berkman. And it's all about colors, four colors. So there's red, which is all about action and getting things done. Uh, green is about relationships and communication. Uh, yellow is about process and structure. And my, my good friend, the blues are all about innovation and strategic thinking. And, you know, I think back 20 years ago, had I been doing this interview with you, I wouldn't have been focused on the yellow. I wouldn't have had process. I wouldn't be prepared. Um, and so, you know, understanding your unique uh, personality, uh, but, but being self-aware of those strengths, but also on things that you can do to improve, uh, improve upon um, your opportunities. And I don't call them weaknesses. I call them opportunities. Yes. And, and speaking of yellow, you um, saying that you were not having a, a full, whole focus on that um, preparedness. Uh, has that really helped you putting a focus on, on the yellow section? Has that helped you throughout your career? Yeah, I think back to it was probably 10 years ago. I was in a region office role and I was managing everything. And, uh, you know, I had to, and I was an idea guy, so I had all kinds of ideas, but it was like, okay, how do we actually execute on them? So I had to build process and discipline into everything. I became, you know, uh, highly focused on my calendar and booking my calendar and booking, you know, 15 minute increments to get things done. Um, I had a whiteboard where I wrote down my five priorities and I stared at them every day so that I knew what I needed to execute on. So I work on yellow and I would say later on life that work on blue. So how do you just sit back and say, you know, what are the problems that we're trying to solve? You know, what, um, you know, what, what, what does, you know, the next 10 years look like? And there's a great book that I just finished reading. It's called, and I, I pulled it up because I wanted to show you and everybody else. It's called The Future Leader. Um, this book right here, it's about, you know, what does, what does a leader look like in 10 years time? What are the trends shaping leadership today? And, you know, what are the skills that are going to be necessary as we think about, you know, 2030? And it's a great book. There's, there's, uh, it's by uh, Jacob Morgan, and uh, you know he talks about you need to be Yoda, uh, you need to be an explorer. So it's, it's a really cool book, and and uh, and one that I would uh, recommend everybody take a peek at. I don't know how we get off on that tangent, but there we go. I, I will definitely check that out. I think that's that's phenomenal. I appreciate that you you shared that with those watching. Um, check out the book. What's it called again? It's called uh, the Future Leader. Yes. All right, for everyone on screen, definitely check out that book. Um, I can. No, I, I, and sticker not involved. That's my little girl's uh, uh, sticker there. So we, we, you know, don't be disappointed. No stickers involved. <laughs> yes, um, but Shane, moving on to, um, I, I noticed with you, you're focused a lot on um, models. What would be if you could bundle up to five? What would be your top five leadership models that you live by? Uh, mot mottos, like, um, you know, um, taglines, we'll call them. So I would say, you know, thinking back to, you know, time management and process, there's there's a couple that I learned along the way from smarter people than I. And, and one was uh, touch it once. And I, I, I not only did this at work, but I do it at home. And, and really what it means is when you start a task, don't put it down until you're, until you're finished with it. So when I'm at home and I start to fold the laundry, and you know my phone bings. I do not put the laundry down until I finish it. So touch it once is is a is one. The other one that comes to mind is eat your frog. 
uh, first. So eat your frogs first. And, and really what that speaks to is that when you have a difficult task or something that you're not looking forward to do, do it first thing in the morning. Eat your frog. Um, the other one that I love is uh, EQ trumps IQ. And if you haven't heard the term emotional intelligence, um, it is, um, there's, there's been many, many studies that, you know, the, the leaders that have high emotional intelligence actually do better than those who have a high IQ. So learning and understanding what emotional intelligence is, is, uh, is, is, is one. The last two I would say would be thank yous are free, but they're priceless. And really what it speaks to is just build a culture of recognition and, you know, whether you, whether you are in a leadership role, and I say everybody's in a leadership role, but whether you lead people, um, just thank people. How do you, how do you thank people and be, you know, make others look better and look good? And in turn, like, you know, you will, uh, you will uh, be rewarded for that. So, uh, and the last one is really, a, it really speaks to coaching and, uh, you know, uh, a great guy by Mazin, uh, who used to work with me, uh, shared this quote. And I, I pulled it up because it's one that I've kept for a long time. If coaches are pushing you hard, be thankful. It means they care. Be worried when they stop. So it just speaks to that whole idea of coaching. And when others are pushing you and you're like, oh, my gosh, what is this guy or girl doing? Like, they're, they're giving me a hard time. They're doing it. And in a lot of cases, and in most cases, they're doing it to make you better. When they stop, that's when you want to worry. Yeah, de definitely. And I, I, the last one speaks to me a lot too. Um, but Shane, I, I really appreciate you sharing those those insights with us. I think we covered covered a lot today. Um, we talked about your your previous experience in the financial services industry, moving out to Nova Scotia, where you've had a whole reset and a whole refresh, and um, you joined the cooperators. And I, I really appreciate your time today on the show. That's great. But listen, I know you, I know that you're the Larry King of the show and God rest his soul, Larry King. Um, but I want to ask you a few questions because I, you know, you've set up an impressive, uh, impressive um, enterprise here where you've uh, interviewed, I think, what, 40? You've had, uh, has it been uh, a large number of interviews? 44, with, yes. But who's counting? 44. So, you know, from all, all facets of life and, um, you know, so in, in, in terrific leaders, I guess my question to you, Lyndon, is, is if, what would be the one or two common themes that you've heard from all of the uh, leaders that you've had a chance to sit down and have coffee with? What would those two things be? For sure. And, you know, Shane, I, I took when, when I saw that you sent me these questions, um, it, it really threw me back a bit and definitely made me want to think I, I need to reflect more on um, the great content and the great value that my guests are providing. And I think it's it's been it's been phenomenal being able to connect with leaders across Canada um, and yourself today. But I, I would say through looking at all my guests, each of them, I, I think they they've achieved success really because of the hard work that they put in. Um, they've done tremendous things throughout their life, and I believe that really that hard work and dedication has really really led to their accomplishments. It's not necessarily something that they said right out of the blue that working hard achieves, achieves success, but you can really tell from their stories that um, just kind of sitting back and relaxing is not gonna get you in the positions that they are. Um, and, and the second thing I think I, I've learned from all my guests, and it, again, it was something that I implied, but community service and really how that's 
um, developed character, and especially you working with the Immigrant Association and all the other guests that I've interviewed, they've devoted their time really to the community, whether it's through a paid um, job that they have or volunteering, they've really, really focused on the community. And I think it's really made them more well-rounded, uh, definitely a great overall character that they have and really helped them gain those skills and abilities. Yeah, those are two great ones. And uh, and finally, from my perspective, I'm starting a, a whole new chapter and you're a very smart guy. Uh, what's your advice for me as, as I uh, start with uh, the uh, wonderful uh, organization, the cooperators? What, what advice do you have for me as I get into entrepreneurship? I, I appreciate that. And um, I, I can't give you any advice from the financial services perspective, but I do think that what you're doing right now is, is taking the time to speak with someone um, I'm 20 years old. You're taking the time to speak with me and um, all those that are watching. I really think that that does a lot. And while you, you're entering this new and exciting role at the cooperators, um, I would just encourage you to really continue uh, engaging with, with students and, and youth that are my age, um, mentoring and guiding them, mm -hmm. really focusing on, on young people because I think they'll, they'll provide a lot of value in your organization. Yeah, that's a great one. And before we go, you have to show everybody your T-shirt. Yes, you, so, you, you're you're representing here. Uh, I uh, and, you know we're going to have to send this to Alex McLean because I I said that you know he's a great uh, East Coast entrepreneur that's built a great brand. So uh, shout out to Alex. We'll tag him on uh, this video when we um, when we send it out for sure. For sure, and I, I definitely wore it on purpose all the way out in the East Coast. Shane Kennedy joining us on the show today. Thanks for those for tuning in. I uh, see you on LinkedIn, YouTube, and, and Facebook. Thanks for making the time. And Shane, great, always great seeing you. You too. Let's stay in touch, Lyndon. It's a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much.